ears to good friends. Cheers. 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 Hmm. That's sort of an oaky afterbirth. What was that? She did tell me to uh, get a beer and some cheese fries over at Eskimo Joe's. That's very nice, lovely. I only hope you feel this way when I'm done. Because I could destroy this night in two seconds. Why is that funny? <laughs> well, I think it's a bit funny to be trying to define nothing. <laughs> Smooth as a bourbon on a summer day. Strong as a peated scotch in the winter night. This is a fair warning. The Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Like, a lot of times we say, raise your glass, and neither one of us raise our glass. Most of the time. Most of the time. Um, yes. So welcome to the Catholic Man Show. I am Adam Minahan, sitting here with David Niles. We have Juan Posada, the producer of the Catholic Man Show, here with us, joining us tonight. We also have Jim Spencer, who has laughed already before we even started the show. It's going to be a good episode. It's going to be a good episode. He deeply chuckled at least it's gonna be a funny episode maybe we'll see we'll see uh tonight we're gonna we're gonna uh sip on a whiskey from compass box it is called the pete monster i have high expectations however i'm not um, sure i i have no expectations going into this because i'm not sure what to expect so well, it's a blend. So it's a blend. It's not a single malt. It's a blended malt that's whiskey. Their, that's their uh, thing. That's I their think thing. They're right? always blended. Um, and so it'll be interesting to try. I, I was trying to look up earlier, and I didn't. Uh, I actually didn't get a chance to look up like what the percentage of blends are uh, of, of what they're blending together. Sometimes uh, distilleries don't let you know. Say, sometimes they don't tell you. Right. So, uh, but. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to try it. More on the Lord's, you know, it's getting it's getting cooler weather outside. Fall is is now in the air. The leaves are are slowly starting to change. The Lafroig bottle's calling to you. Is the Lafroig bottle is calling to my, my yeah. name. Like I I know you're not this way, but I'm a guy who I I would much rather drink a, a peated scotch in the brisk coolness of of the air than on a hot summer day. Yeah, I don't, get it. Don't no, don't, I, don't get me wrong. If I get you hand, it. If you handed me a Laphroaig on a hot summer day, I would, I would politely accept. Yeah, I just think peated scotches are just better in general. So that's like, why would I want less better when I could have more better? Listen, I'm a. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I, I, I understand. I understand. I'm a. I'm a philosophy guy. I'm not a new natural law guy. I'm a just a natural law philosophy guy. Uh-huh. I I believe in a hierarchy of goods. Right. And in those goods, peated scotch is a little higher than... It's higher than other scotches. So, all right, well, let's try it. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers, Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. It's a very light color, like almost like a light champagne or... Yeah. Um, like a... Gold, like a light golden color. Maybe even like a, a, a vegetable oil. Yeah, that's color. probably... Yeah, a diluted vegetable oil. Yeah. A very pure vegetable oil color. Oh, yeah. Jim's making a face. 
you, on, on the nose, like you definitely get the the peat. Like, hmm. I get a little bit of blackberry. It's not that peaty. It's kind of it is kind of oily tasting. It's got an oily consistency, kind of. I would if I would not call this a peat monster. It's not like crazy peaty. You know what I mean? But it had like so at the beginning, it's more of a fruity, almost nutty taste. And then you get this like uh, peat crescendo at the very end where, where it comes together. Yeah. Um, I was just expecting to highlight. I said the, the I was going in without expectations. I realize now I did have some expectations. I was expecting <laughs> a lot of peat. You're thinking of Octomore. Like no, Octomore. not. I was thinking it wouldn't even be Laphroaig. And it's not. But I thought it would be, you know, like, whoa, okay, yeah, that's definitely got peat. That's in interesting. It. I almost get like the, at the front of the palate, it's almost like a blackberry jam. It's like this you see wave about, like, of the, going in and out of sweetness to peat to sweetness to peat. I dig. I I'm a fan of it. I think it's very good. Me too. I also do like it. Very complex. Um, I, I, it's it's like, yeah, I really like this. I do too. Uh, I was just my initial reaction was, oh, it's not as peaty. That's not in your face. Peaty. It's definitely peaty, right? You know, it is. Especially at the end. But like, I wouldn't. Argh. I wouldn't call it a peat monster. Okay. You know what I, I think mean? That's fair. I think that's, that's a fair. I would say maybe a peat animal. <laughs> but but sort of like a tame animal. So are you saying that a monster is a higher on the of uh, 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 the hierarchy than an animal? Well, I think a monster is like more wild, more hypothetically speaking. Yeah, like more uncontrolled. Okay. Hey, can I tell you something else, though? I need to talk to you about this. I haven't even told you this okay. since you aren't really on uh, To answer your Facebook. question, no. Okay. So, recently we had a Wait, council... is this it? Because I said no. No, this is something else. Okay, good. Yeah. Recently we had a council man member uh, who has been a, a, a supporter of our show for years. And By the way, shout out to... There are some guys out there who have been supporting our show for you know, the five years that we've been on air yeah. and just consistently support us. And I, we're extremely grateful. One of them, uh, recently his wife, uh, lost her job. And so he made it just a, a note out there on our Facebook page. and said like, Hey guys, uh, on our council of man page said, Hey, I just want to let you go. How much let you guys know how much I've enjoyed being a part of this. My wife has lost her job. Um, so I'm going to have to, we're, we're cutting costs and this is one of them, but, uh, you know, I still support you guys, love you guys, praying for you, you know, all this kind of stuff. I had another council of man member reach out to me and said, Hey, I know that, uh, this guy's having a hard time, you know, kind of falling down on some luck. I would like to buy a yearly subscription for him on the council of man. Mm. And so, uh, he did. That's awesome. He bought, you know, he's buying a, a, a year membership for a brother and, and he goes, I don't want him to know my name. Uh, I just want him to know that uh, a brother is there for him when he needs it. Awesome. And so I let I let the guy. What who, an act of charity, you know. Right. And so I, I let the guy who 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 his wife lost the job let him know like, hey, there's a guy that did this, and he said, you know, I got to tell you that um, I'm a little shocked, but I'm not that surprised because those are the type of guys that kind of come come around to our show yeah. who like gather together this camaraderie, this friendship, it, to take care of one another. And it is social media, you know, like the Council of Man, you know, on mm -hmm. the, whether you're doing it like using Patreon or on the Facebook group or both. But there, 
it it's not like regular social media. You mm-hmm. know, there you do develop a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. It's not like they live next door to you. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but it is it is something that's real. So it's it's been impressive to me how you can still have kind of good friendships with people you've never met. Right. I mean, there's times that we've had uh, council members become ill, like very ill, and people have donated um, dinners to their family. Don't, don't know them, you know, don't know them, never met them personally, yeah. but donated uh, meals to the family. There's this prayer request uh, um, Excel sheet that we have, prayer list that, that we have every Friday that goes out. I mean, yeah. it's just like... We fast on Fridays. For, when we fast on Fridays so we can be intentional while we fast. Like, yeah. It's like... I don't know. I was just extremely impressed mm-hmm. um, with the, the virtue of of, of of these men, and so and that's I, one of the things I, I love I about the camp out is that you get the opportunity to, to meet some, some of these, these people. Guys. Right? It's like what? Yeah, you're that guy. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I'm so glad you're here. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to come to the camp out, if you want to support the show, go to Patreon.com/slash The Catholic Man Show because it is looking like if you're not a Patreon member, you probably won't get to come to the camp out. That I mean, that's just the reality. Just we can't make it any bigger, right? Uh, One I think just, would beat us with a wet noodle until yeah. we just beg for mercy. Uh, if I we, have a four feet spatula, I would not use a wet noodle. Well, okay. I would use my metal four feet spatula. Well, that's even it's even worse. I, I, I would cave. Worse. I would cave quickly. I would I definitely rather take the noodle. Than right, <laughs> me too. Uh, so the, anyway, the metal four foot spatula. Yeah, me too. And then, Dave, we're also getting on the road again here pretty pretty soon. Yeah, a couple of places. Uh, a couple of different places. We're going to Texas in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, go see Thaddeus and Dennis over at Red Sea Radio. I had Bishop Conderla uh, right, uh, do a little video. You did that today? Yeah, I did that today. Nice. Caught him really quick and, and had a chance to do that. So we're going to go down uh, to support Catholic Radio down there in College Station and Waco. And then we're going up to Allentown, Pennsylvania yeah. um, in November, like here in, I don't know, Three weeks. Been, we should we should buy our tickets. Have you ever been to Pennsylvania? Yeah, yeah. I've been to Allentown even. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah. Because you used to go there for like work, for work. stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So I'm excited to to get a chance to like get out and about again. See other other men. We have uh, several council of man members who are going to yeah. be there. So that'll be awesome. And uh, just one thing for people to keep in their prayers: the diocese. Well, the state of Oklahoma. We are applying for all kinds of different uh, new radio stations across mm-hmm. the state. And also, honestly, I suspect that this is happening all across every state. That Catholic Catholic radio is about to take a big expand like expand a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because the FCC has opened up a window for non-commercial stations to apply for new frequencies. So, um, this is like a it's a big week for Catholic radio across the country. Right. So, uh, keep uh, keep the Oklahoma Catholic Radio in your prayers mm-hmm. and your local Catholic radio station. You know, like if you want uh, the Catholic Mansion to play on your local Catholic you radio could, station, yeah, you could call them. You can call them and ask, and maybe they'll do it. We're, we're possibly about to go uh, live in Indy, Indianapolis, um, Indiana, with the Catholic radio over there. Right on. So we're on 17 different Catholic radio stations currently. We'd love to keep expanding. So. Uh, we're going to skip a man gear. We're going to go right into the topic because we're going to talk about rules of life and not Jordan Peterson's. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Though. So we got a lot to do. We'll be right back.
want to give a big shout out to Jonathan Conrad over at the Catholic Rural Worker. Jonathan started his ministry with one sole purpose in mind, and that was get quality crafted rosaries into Catholics' hands. And he's been doing it now so well that he has opened up a storefront. He has a brick-and-mortar store. If you go to catholicwoodworker.com, you can check out the whole facility. We're really proud of you, Jonathan. I remember when you first started this whole thing. Uh, we're thankful for your friendship. We're thankful for your uh, willingness to support the Catholic Man Show. If you guys go to catholicwoodworker.com, use the program, promo code TCMS. You get 10% off all of your purchases. Uh, we just want to thank you, Jonathan, for your uh, love of our mother and the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and all the good work you're doing to grow his kingdom. Cheers. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about rules of life. Do you want to mention, going, going. Want to mention the leather thing in front of you? Yes, I do. We're you going said, to be talking about rules of life. We're not yes. talking about it yet. Thank you. Correct. Just that is that is true. Okay. So yeah, so we're going to t- we're going to have an episode where we highlight uh, leather working, like leather work. I'm a, kind of a sucker for like different types of leather work, you mm-hmm. know, especially with, when it involves like uh, a travel bag for your pipe or something like that. I just like a good leather. Sure. Um, vessel to Who carry doesn't? your stuff. Who doesn't? Yeah, so, but I did want to mention this. Our, our topic is very well, long The downside today. to that kind of thing is that it's very expensive. Exactly, it is. Um, if if what you get is worth worth having, worth it. you yeah. know, it's super expensive. But I did want to highlight this because uh, he, he, he made this for us uh, not too Red long Tractor. ago. Red Tractor. Red Tractor Leather Company. Go check them out uh, on, on Instagram. You can go give them a follow. But he made this for me for my uh, Remarkable 2. We, we did an episode on the Remarkable 2. Yeah. And so he uh, generously uh, made this by hand uh, for for the Remarkable 2. And then he also made our new coasters. And he made uh, two wallets um, for us. So anyway, I, I wanted to highlight that because he, he, he's given that to us. And that was before we, I had COVID. You had COVID. And so it's been a while. Yeah. Um, but So I want to make sure that people know about it. Go check out Red Tractor Leather Company. Um and we'll highlight his, Where, his where's stuff. Where's he from? Where are they from? Oh, man. I wish you wouldn't have asked me that because I'm okay. not positive. So it's not Oklahoma. It's not Oklahoma, but it's a good Catholic guy. Nebraska. Who, Nebraska. Thank you, Jim. Uh, Nebraska. He's a good, good Catholic man. I think he has eight children. Um, you know, they have wolves in Nebraska. They, I did know this. Big yeah. wolves. Gray wolves. Gray wolves, yeah. That'll, oh. that'll jump out in front of your van as you go. They're like kamikaze gray wolves. Yeah, they don't care at all. No. So anyway, I just wanted to reach out to the guys. Go check them out if you have Instagram. Go look up uh, Red Leather Tractor Company or Red Tractor Leather Company. Uh, but tonight we're going to be talking about rules of life, not from Jordan B. Not, Jordan not B. Peterson. Jordan Peterson's rules of life, right? Um, Although I do think you should make your bed every day. Yeah, I go back and forth on this. Yeah, I could see. I mean, like, I mean, I'm not a guy against order. I understand the the like starting off. I understand the concept. I understand yeah. it. Um, but it's like, no, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. You know so, what I don't think you should have to do is put pillows on it. That's what I was about to get into. <laughs> How about 50 pillows? We have 50 pillows. Do you have to put no. all of them back on? Look, when I got married, I had I headed off this whole pillow nonsense. And I said, when we, we were registering, and I, Pamela, Lady Pamela, mm-hmm. her ladyship, mm-hmm. was wanted to... Uh, 
you know, sign up for some ladyship for some throw pillows. And I said, look, I will allow throw pillows in my house, but it needs to be known. I won't use them. I won't move them. I'm not putting them back on the bed. If you want throw pillows, you can have throw pillows. This guy over here, he doesn't have throw pillows. Sounds selfish. It's nonsense. Well, every I, I don't want to get into the pillow. I don't. Every I, single I know, day. I know. And think about the amount of time that it takes you to do that. And what you could be doing instead. Is it? Is it the greatest that's, good? Like, that's not even what I care about. It's just I'm not doing it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Just pull the covers back up over the top and you're done. You got a nice made bed. Boom. Okay, so this actually, believe it or not, is a good segue into our, the actual topic. So we're going to talk about uh, rules of life. This is something. Have you ever of... ridden on a Segway? No, I never have. Actually, it's very fun. Is you it? look like a total idiot. Right, I mean, you do. You look so pretentious, yeah. especially if you have a helmet on. It's almost impossible to look cool on a Segway, in my opinion. So, uh, in in Michigan, a couple years ago, we did rent some that mm-hmm. had like off roading tires on them. Mm-hmm. And that we were using to like... Did you wear elbow pads? No. But honestly, we should have. Because every single one of us wiped out hard. Okay? Because we started to get cocky. Mm-hmm. Started to get confident. They go about 12, 13 miles an hour. Which damage. is really pretty fast. Right, okay? And so we're like weaving down through these trails. You know? Which is so much fun. And then you catch, a, you catch the side of a tree. Mm. You know what happens? You go flying. Or... You drive really fast through a sandy area, and uh, you lose traction, and the thing freaks out trying to like maintain balance, and, then throws and you, it wipes you out. Right. So literally every single one of us had like suffered injuries, but it was so it was so sweet. There was one time I came across a small tree in the path in front of me. I cannot believe we're still talking about this. And I was able to ease up to it and like lean forward, and the thing totally climbed over the tree and kept and like it was a small tree. You went off roading on a Segway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This yeah. whole the whole story is about that. Nice. Okay, can we keep going? Yeah, okay. I just wanted to segue about my segue. Nice. Okay, so recently we had an episode on uh, a, a, a portion of Intro to Devout Life by San Francisco de Sales. He also wrote a book called the Saint uh, the the Secret of Sanctity, and we're gonna let you in on a little bit of on the, the secret. secret. Yeah. Now this is only part. don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody because it's a secret. It's a secret, but the sec- secret it. of sanctity. So uh, it's a it, it's a uh, small work doesn't take long to read it's a great book uh so here here's here's what he says now i think we should preface dave you, you've I, I sent this over to you let you look at it i think we should preface that uh in today's world some of our vocations do not allow us to be able to do the things that he thinks that we should you right. should be able to do You're- so who is he writing to in this book because you know in the last book in uh intro to the vout life he's writing to a lay a lay woman uh-huh i, I think that he is do you know? I mean, if you don't know, that's okay. I, I, I did. I did. Honestly, I am not familiar with this book. Yeah, I did. And so that's what that's why I'm even having to ask the question. We'll let Juan. Juan, will you look that up for me, bud? Okay, good. So we'll let Juan. Because that, honestly, that's I've an, read three that's an, intros this week of new books, and yeah. So I don't want to sure. say. But it's, the reason I ask is because it's important context. You know, when, he's, when right. he's giving these, right, right. you know, no. secrets for sanctity. Okay, so can we go to one? Sure. Let's go, yeah. l- let's throw let's throw the first one up. And we've kind of talked about this before on the show, but I, I, it's good that, it's cool to see uh, saints repeatedly saying, these, this is what you should be doing if you're wanting to grow in holiness. And 
you compare the list and they're like, well, one and one is the same. Two and two is the same. Yeah. You know, I like it when I can say, told you so. Told you so. I told you. Told you so. See? Right. So uh, the very first one he says is have a fixed hour of rising. So so uh, wake up at a, at a consistent hour. He said he gives that seven to eight hours of sleep are usually sufficient. And I really liked the quote that he puts in there. He says, beware of beginning your day by sacrificing to sloth hours every moment of which may avail you for uh, avail you for eternity. Who needs more than eight hours of sleep? I do. You eight hours is not enough for you. Sometimes, yeah. I would love to like. Yeah, I mean, like if I go several oh, days I'm, on like four hours, then yeah, I'll sleep for ten. You right. know, but well, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot, there's there are times where. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like every day a person gets eight. Oh, hours. Oh, if I get eight hours, and I'm it's good. Right, yeah. and people, but I rarely even get eight. <laughs> who's well, right? But who's like? I don't know. So to me, to me, I think it should be like six to seven hours is sufficient. Right. But, but so, uh, but I want to, I want to focus on the next thing he says, which is what I said, which is what I was talking about is like, don't sacrifice to sloth out hours that you could be basically uh, growing and preparing for yourself for, right. for the, for the next life. That's the important part. That's the important part. Right. And so, and the first thing he says is like, make the first thing you think about God when you wake up, mm-hmm. which I think is, is just key. Like, I think that's a great way to start your day. Um, Right. Thinking obviously about our Lord. Yeah, you should pray first. I like how he doesn't say get up early. Some people will say like rise real early, and I think for the average person that is good advice. You know, if you have a somewhat normal schedule, you know, if like you have an eight nine to five, who nobody has a nine to five. If you have an, you have a nine to five. You technically do. Don't I mean, you? you technically do. Not you come yep. in at nine technically. Right. But now, not really. Now, on paper, how many times have I gotten in? Well, nine on to paper, five? it's nine to five, but not in reality. Not in reality. Right. Yeah. If you're if you're marking down, keeping track. But so if you have an eight to five, which is what I think most people have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can get up early. You can kind of make that schedule fit. Some people, you know, like if you work at a hospital, you might be having all kinds of different crazy schedules. So you sure. know, but having a fixed time to get up, mm-hmm. you know, like when you have a schedule. It's all about order, right? I mean, right. this is the whole purpose of like. The, the intention of having a discipline to where you're you're doing it uh, every single day. You're starting you're starting out in order. You're starting your day out in order, and then and then starting your day out obviously obviously thinking about Christ, thanking Him for another day. I have the found- Lord the Lord had seen it fit to give you at least one more day mm-hmm. to glorify Him and grow His kingdom. Could be your last. Could be your last. Could be your last. But I have found that even if so, I have fallen into this trap of like, oh, I'm going to bed real late, so I'm just going to get up later. Because I need to get at least six hours or seven hours of sleep, you know, and I'll just pray then. But then there's no uh, consequences to your actions. Well, the thing is, it just doesn't, it doesn't work as well um, because. But there's no. Other people are awake now. Well, at least for me, if I don't do that, then there's no consequences to my actions of staying up late. So it doesn't, I don't regret staying up late. If I get up early. And I'm, t- you know, it's more of a sacrifice to get up. Then I'm like, I will double think, you know, I'll think twice before. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's a good point too. Before I, I stay up late again, like the other night we were going to record this show early a day earlier, and I couldn't do it because I had to get up to do our, my my book club that next morning. And I knew if we we did the show at night, and I had to get up for my book club in the morning. Yeah, it just would not yield a a, a good book club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's true. But also, I found that if you go to bed and late and you get up early knowing my prayer is just not going to be good. It still is better than sleeping in 
and hoping that, oh, with more sleep, I'll be able to pray better. You know, it's better just to get up early and kind of stumble your way through prayer. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's hard to explain why it is better, but it just is, you know, like that's God's hour. Don't sleep through it. Right. You decided, make, keep it his. Yeah. So the next one, I'll just throw this out there and then we'll catch it on the other side of the break. But the next one, he obviously, one of the things he says is, is give as much time as possible into prayer. But then he, he quotes, this is what I love about it. Like some of the things are like very uh, obvious and then he, he kind of caveats it with a, a unique aspect, a unique angle. He says, let your heart take much more part of the holy exercise than your mind. Which also piggybacks off of another episode we just did recently. Yeah. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We're talking about rules of life according to St. Francis de Sales. De Sales. Sometimes I like to say, I throw in the law because I basically speak Spanish. It's like Francis de la Sales. Like, that's a totally different guy. But no, that's St. John Baptist de la Sales. Yeah, de la Sales. Sale. Yeah, de la Sales. De la Sal. De la Sal. But my Spanish just kind of creeps in sometimes. Right. But it's just Francis de Sales. De Sales, right. Patron saint of a good deal. Uh, sales. Right. Patron saint of, of clearance items. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking about like what do you, you know, we, the first one was like making sure you're getting, getting up at a at a regular normal time. The second one is giving you as much time as you can possibly to prayer. But then he, he caveats it by saying, or, or like kind of expound, expound? Ex- expounding. Expounding. Ex- yeah. Yeah. Uh, on it, it's saying like, let your heart take much more part in this holy exercise than your mind. And this is something that you and I have talked about. We talked about in a recent episode that I was struggling with and uh, I continue to struggle with. You and every other living person who prays. Right. So, like, you know, you have your ritual prayers, you have your set prayers that you say, the St. Michael prayer, the act of contrition, uh, maybe the litany, to, uh, the sacred heart. I mean, whatever whatever it is your... Yeah. Uh, whatever your jam is. Whatever your jam is. And a lot of times, you know, you just start going through it. It's muscle memory. You start just kind of re- repetitive, uh, just re- repeating it over and, and kind of forget that you're actually praying. And so, like, that's what the important part of this whole uh, con- contemplative life, you know, getting into the state, uh, you know, this meditative state, this contemplative state that grows you in the spiritual life, right? You know, vocal prayers, the, the, the launching point into meditative prayer, which launches you into contemplative prayer, which is how you start actually... Um, growing uh, right. quickly in the, in the uh, spiritual life. It's really life. hard to bilocate without contemplatio. Yes, yes, I, I could imagine that. Yeah. It's probably even harder to trilocate. Do, I mean, don't even think it's about not it. Even, it's not, not even, even possible. Not even conceivable. So I like how he, because every saint's going to say, you know, every, every good Catholic is going to say, try to orient yourself in, to pray as much as you can throughout the day, mm-hmm. right? You know, St. Paul talks about pray without ceasing. Um, we're, we're constantly trying our best to orient ourselves back towards our creator. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. And so like what works for me and maybe I, I think this would work for other people when I'm having this, I realize I'm just totally rep- repetition, repetition. I'm not even, I'm hardly conscious that I'm even saying these prayers. You know what I mean? Slow down. That's it. One simple thing. Slow down, because when you slow down, now all of a sudden it's not your muscle memory. You're breaking the way that you your muscles always mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, 
you, and you have to just say, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to slow down, and I'm just going to let myself pray slowly. I'm not going to worry about like if I am going to run out of time. If I run out of time, just stop praying. Wherever you are in your, if you don't finish, that's okay. Don't worry about that. Like if you don't finish the rosary, but you, but you prayed the rosary for 20 minutes, that's great because it's better to spend those 20 minutes in good prayer than it is to finish a rosary, whatever that means. You what know, about 13 rosaries. Right, exactly. Yeah. I Well, I pray 13 a day. No, I mean, but don't. You yeah. could. I mean, if you have time, that's kind of what this is saying. Spend as right. much time as you can in prayer. Right. But make it real prayer. Right. You know, it's... Within your heart. You know, yeah. the, the relationship, like grow grow in relationship and in, in love uh, of Christ. You know, I, you are the... The way you love Christ is unique. Only you can do only it. Only you can do right. it. And so to grow grow that love in Christ is so unique uh, that no one else can do it that way. And so it's right. it's such a unique relationship that you can have with Christ uh, by growing that relationship. It's a kind of a catch-22, I think, because on the one hand, you want to pray well, but also there's like a risk of like a Pelagianist mentality coming in that like I am the one who's, I'm going to work hard to pray well, and my prayer is good. Like, oh, I had I had a good, satisfying prayer because I worked so hard at it. I feel good about it. Right, exactly. Like, right. so there also needs to be this attitude of of rest in prayer, where like I'm just here to rest, and like just to receive. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not putting in because you're not, you're not really in right. prayer. You're just receiving, and so like it's a you have to have both of those things for it to go for it to be great. You know, totally, I agree. Okay, so number three is, and I like how he, he says this, do not voluntarily deprive yourself, even for a day, of the un- inestimable happiness of assisting at the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Unite yourself to our Lord by means of spiritual communion if you, uh, uh, if you can't get to Mass. Right. Um, and that's something that I think, you know, through COVID-19 and all, all of the things that we've experienced uh, opened my eyes because I started thinking, you know what? Uh, my children could unite themselves in spiritual communion even if they're not of age to receive Holy Communion. Right. You know, and, and I haven't, I still to this day have not taught them mm-hmm. that spiritual communion prayer, but it's come to my attention not too long ago thinking about like, I should, I should teach them that prayer. I mean, that would be extremely efficacious. We're talking about kids who haven't, you know, committed a mortal sin yet, you know, sure. and they could unite themselves to receive the divine graces that the Holy Sacrifice in the Mass uh, offers. You could pray a pray that prayer even if you were in mortal sin. You know, I mean, you can pray a sure. spiritual I mean, communion you pray, prayer. You I mean, pray it. he's going to come to you in as much as you are disposed to receive him. Mm-hmm. You know, because you could, be, you could be contrite. You haven't gone to confession yet. You know, look, Jesus is going to make it work. He's going to... He'll fill in the blanks. Not that spirit. Not that mortal sin is not uh, a grave matter. No, no, it is, and you still be. A, you're still a, not a tri- in a state of grace. It's a, it's a choice to separate yourself from our Lord, um, and the punishment for that is hell. Yeah, that is what the church teaches forever. Right. So not to take that lightly. Okay. So number number four is uh, I give a certain time each day to reading a good book. And I'll, I'll actually like how he said he doesn't actually even say a spiritual book. Right. Just but, a good book. But a good book. 
and he says that this is a, a sort of easy meditation. Mm-hmm. So if you struggle with meditative prayer, uh, a lot of times, like we've talked about this on the show before, like uh, uh, the Diary of St. Saint Faustina or uh, the Interior Castles by St. Teresa of Avila or uh, Intro to Devout Life by St. Francis of Sales. Or like, the Lord of the Rings. Or the, I don't know, maybe. I can't, yeah. I can't comment on that. Um, but, but read a book that, that allows you to contemplate the higher things in life, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the things that will draw you closer to our, to our Lord. Yep. Um, and that's something I think that a lot of guys, a lot of people I would, I would bet, um, struggle with. I think a lot of men in particular, because we are, we are incredibly busy, uh, don't set enough, don't set aside time to read. Um, well, the only time I do is when I'm doing something else. Because you're, but you're not your audio book. I'm listening. I'm, I'm reading. But no, because you on Sundays you read uh, sometimes um, the Lord of the Rings. I haven't had and in uh, adoration sometimes you do. Yeah, so uh, you read books. Yeah, but uh, not very much. I mean, like put the put those together. Like how much I read in adoration and on Sundays, it's like a few pages a week. Total. But, but you're still setting aside time. Yeah, but not every day. So, but not every day. But again, these are these are to be you know not imitated. But what what, what do we say? What did Father Nesbitt say? Uh, to be revered, but not or I think it was just admired, but admired, not but not but not imitated. Okay, so the next one is, is, is say say your rosary every day. This is the easiest and fr- and frequently the most fruitful of all meditations. So obviously, we're talking about in the prayer life, growing in in yeah. prayer. Vocal prayer, meditative prayer, contemplative prayer. That's got, this has got to be high on your priority list. This needs to be high on your priority list. And, and the, like, it's not. It, you know, for a lot of people, even if you want it to be, the truth is it's just not. Like, admit that to yourself. If you're not praying a rosary mm-hmm. very often, just admit it. It's not very high on my priority list. And so that's okay. You're going to do it anyway. You know, like, you can't... Don't pretend like it's high on your priority list if it isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh that's not going to help you get any better. You just mm-hmm. need to admit, like, hey, I'm a sinner. You're a sinner, okay? Like, I have a long way to go. Right. And the truth is, Jesus, praying the rosary is not very important to me. I need you to help make it more important. I desire for it to be right. more important. I want it to be important, and it's just not. I, right. I And please fix that in me, you know? Right. I mean, a lot of times, I mean, that's the same way with uh, going to, to Mass at times, right? Like, sure. Like, uh, you were talking about the other day how you were wanting to go to daily Mass more often. And sometimes... Mm-hmm. You know, mass isn't. Uh, you don't get all the, all the feels. It's not what I want to do right now. Right, got to leave the house. Right, put on put on pants. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't because I put on pants every day. I work from home. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so anyway, so but you have to ask whenever you uh you know are, are coming to this understanding of like oh maybe maybe the rosary isn't a priority. Mm-hmm. Pray. That it becomes your pri- it's priority. Like, you know what? There's a lot of things that we do every day that are not priorities for me, but uh, I do them anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, that the rosary's got to be one of those things, and yep. it will slowly that will slowly change. Yeah. Uh, the next one is make a daily visit, if possible, to the Blessed Sacrament. So adoration. Uh, it's it's amazing how when you start ta- like talking about these deep spiritual saints, I mean, one of the keys for them. I haven't found one that doesn't say this, uh, is adoration. Yeah. You know that episode of The Office where they're talking about like, hey, here's every 15 minutes or so, uh, get up and take a break, you know, stretch your legs. Right. 
And then about once every 15 minutes, um, just get up and give your hands a break. Maybe walk, go get a drink of water. And Michael Scott's like, that's like 45 minutes every hour right? of not working. Do them all at the same time. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's what you got to do here. Like, oh, make it. Wait, I'm supposed to go to mass and then go visit the, the Blessed Sacrament every day. Like, right. well, you know what? You can do those at the same time. Right. You know, like. No, it's I d- just about being intentional. Like, I'm here for mass and to talk to Jesus, you know. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an hour. That's, that's no. That, like. I have to break myself up thinking, no, like, if I like get to adoration, it needs to be an hour. But it, but it doesn't. Sometimes I'll step in the chapel for, like, three minutes, stand at the back, literally just, like, look at him for a couple minutes, and then leave. And then, and then bounce. Because, like, I got, you know, other things to do, but, like, I'm walking right by the chapel. I'm not going to pop in and say, right. like, I got a chapel at my office. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll be right back. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great the best hotels, you're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We are doing it, doing it, and doing it well. Isn't that the song? That's a song, I, right? I, 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 know. I, I could be making it up. Yeah, I, I feel like I was under the impression that that was a song, and who knows? If it's not, it should be. It sounds I think, like I don't think anybody knows. Sounds like a good, like a cool song. Like wow, Dave, that was a cool song you just made up right there. That's what people are thinking. I have to take trust your, me. I have to take your word on Adam. It. Trust me. Okay. Okay. So, uh, anything else that you want to talk about regarding adoration before we go to no, the next one? No, you just like it's, you should have an adoration hour once a week. Once a week. I mean, like, start there. My opinion is, if you don't have a weekly adoration hour, you are not serious about growing in holiness. That's the bottom line. That like. You don't really care that much. You can't even commit one hour. And I know right now, like coming up with all these excuses. Oh, well, my my schedule changes. Blah 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 blah. Okay. It's like, get over it. Sign up. And then when your schedule changes, you just say like, look, I'm sorry, I have a conflict. Or do it at a point where your schedule never like 3 a.m. I'll bet you. I'll bet you don't have much Ooh, schedule. I do have a conflict at 3 a.m. I do. It's very important. Sleepy. Right. So it's like, make it work. Okay. Because we're talking about Jesus here. That's all I got to say about that. I love it. Love where your head's at. Thank you. All right, let's keep going. The life of, of a Christian should be a continual exercise of penance. Mortify yourself in common and ordinary things. Again, something we've talked about recently, that because uh, Father uh, Maury was telling that to us uh, at Clear Creek Abbey. He's a Clear Creek monk at the campout. Right. He was talking to us about, about this. This but, next example, this is like... It, it's it a gets, killer. It gets me. Yeah. So he, gets, he, he lists a couple of exa- He actually lists a lot of examples. Over, I think, 12 
but I, I wrote down 10. We won't go through all of them. But Let me the, see nine. Uh, okay. Uh, but Oh, I'm sorry. There's 10. There it is. Uh, the first one I think is, is, is crazy. It says, resist your inclination to do something which is useless. See, like, I don't even know. How do I know whether it's useless or not? Well, what's the end? I don't know. That, see, it doesn't mean just because I like. Listen, you gotta, you gotta know if you know what the end is, then you can reverse engineer and, and figure out if it's useless or not. But the thing is, like, a lot of holy things are useless. No. Yeah, like leisure in general. The, it, like, it depends on what you mean, but like by, by useless, right? It's yeah, useless. Right. The mass itself, useless. Uh, from a like natural standpoint, you know what I mean? It's waste. Yeah, you're. The, it's the whole waste. I mean, that's time. like what makes it beautiful is that it's it's for itself. Right, exactly. So, depends on on, on the vocab. You see what, vocab I, you see what I'm useless. saying? Yeah. I think what he's, well, I don't. That's not what he's saying. But like for our our day and age, it yeah. is the video games, right. possibly the video games or the uh, social media or the um, even maybe the oh I have I have my own time or television television like, yeah just to be entertained you know like i'm not there's not something i want to watch mm-hmm. i just want to be entertained you know right like it's totally unintentional consumerism mm-hmm. of just consumption yeah. yeah right i and we gotta go we gotta talk about this next one because it's just okay. it, it's important it's uh, he says keep careful guard of your eyes this is something that i've like and this, this, this has been on my heart a lot lately uh, keep careful guard of your eyes now we obviously understand that you know uh Pornography is just rampant in, in, in this day and age and that it's some of the highest visited websites and all this kind of stuff. Right. And it doesn't start out that way, right? It's a, it's a snowball effect. You know, you start looking at one thing, then it leads to another thing, it leads to another thing, and all of a sudden, you know, you could possibly uh, be, be doing that. Yeah, um, but it comes down to, like, the movies you watch, too. Right. The stuff you think that, like, oh, I'm an adult, okay? I'm... I can handle this. I can handle this. It's like, well, can you? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Are you sure that you're not uh, deadening your senses? That, are you right. sure that you're not slowly chipping away at your innocence? Which a, a full-grown man should be innocent. He should have an, a purity and an innocence. A real man, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, who's not a slave to sin. If you if you're not, if you think like, oh, I'm, what I'm, I'm not like a kid. I'm a man, you know. I know, you know what, blah blah blah. Then you're just, you're just. Slave enslaving yourself to whatever, 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 right. whatever, whatever, whatever form of macho ness that you've conceived in your own head mm-hmm. as like what's good, right? You know, yeah. And I think that um, you know there there are a lot of guys who are who are striving for virtue and they have these deep uh, rooted vices in them, you know. And I think uh, we've said this before on the show, but it's worth saying again to pray. For the for the grace of forgetfulness, mm-hmm. specifically to our mother, you know, if you ask, yeah. you know, that she uh, for the grace of forgetfulness. Yeah, and I'm only speaking to those guys that you mentioned, the ones who are striving for holiness. Right. It's like I even if it's like it that is a challenge for them, you know, like oh wow, I what I just said. Well, that's okay. Like let it challenge you and strive for more. I'm not speaking to the guys who don't care. I mean, like because right. they're gonna do whatever they want, you know, and they're mm-hmm. not. They're not going to try to be better, but right. those, those who do, who want to be better, you know, it's hard. Yeah, but grind it out. Yeah. Um, rely, trust in God's grace. 
so uh, yeah. he he gives a lot of other examples, and and we could actually honestly speak uh, little with moderation. That is really also really hard to do. It's on here. Exactly. It's hard for me. I'll tell you. <laughs> we could actually do a whole show on just this aspect. This yeah. one point, we could do a whole show on, especially with uh, the examples that he gives because they're they're really good. But this is what you call in the biz a teaser. I'm doing this so that way you buy this book and, and read it. I oh, get the, oh the book the book uh, yeah okay yeah I thought you were being like facetious no like we were writing a book no oh well, we are well, writing. but not about this we are writing what's a book. the book called again the secret of the secret of, of, sanctity. of sanctity by, by Saint Francis de Sales yeah not de la Sales not de la Salle right okay so the next one is devote yourself to your labor as well as the fulfillment of all your duties energetically and with a pure intention to please God and to make yourself useful to your neighbor this is one that every man can do. This is not one. It doesn't matter what how, how your your day looks. It doesn't matter about your vocation. It doesn't matter about yeah. uh, you know the amount of things and the amount of people that rely on you. You know the guys who walk into work and they are smiling. They're energetic. They're excited to be there. You know they they're uh, they look you in the eyes when they're talking to you. Yeah. Um, you know. And what does it do? It develops this culture within your office of uplifting of, of getting going. Like it, it it just is better. It's a better, I also think that this one is hard. No matter how holy you get, I think that this will still be hard. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. It will. I mean, some things you get over and they're just not hard anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think that because this not one, temptations. this one will always be hard because as you get holier, you realize like, oh, I need to go further and further with the same thing. You know, like you can never. It's endless. As you get holier, you realize, oh, I should be dedicating myself even more. Not like I should be working harder, right. but I should be put putting more of my passion into it, you know, like... Yeah, and this goes back to the whole uh, what you fail to do uh, at your final judgment, right? You know, the sins that you've done, the, th- the things that you've failed to do. Yeah. And, and it ties into the things that you do that are useless, you know, that, that you waste your time with. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not... Devo- if you're taking time to do useless things, you are not devoting your time to what God has put in front of you to achieve for that day. I agree. So that's a tough one. Yeah. But... uh. I'll tell you what, one thing I love about working at the diocese here in Tulsa is that everybody in the chancery, and I, this is not, this bar none, everybody in the chancery that I work with, all, you know, you walk down that hallway, everybody is uh, excited to be there and they want to work because we're all on the same page. And I've worked in, in other places that that's not the case. Sure. Um, and it's the, the work life culture is a slow, uh, moving thing, but but if you if you are the one that, that starts it, it's contagious. When you have a good boss, it's know, contagious. It, uh, makes the whole office better, that, that, no doubt. I want to get to number fourteen. I think it's fourteen. Uh, where are we right now? We just said number eight. eight. Uh, okay, go. No, well, num- number eleven. I'm sorry. Okay, well, I'll let you go. Well, we can keep going. Okay, number nine. Uh, let no meal pass without offering a slight mortification to your savior. See, I didn't know Francis de Sales said that. I think of that as Saint Jose Maria Escrivá, because mm-hmm. uh, he, he talks about that. You know, a meal without a. I also have found that a something. lot of saints they uh, rip each they other rip off. Each other off. It's it's like it's like saintly plagiarism. Yeah, I guess you're allowed to do it when it's when it's like about Jesus, right? And we've talked about that on the episode before. Uh, you can go back and listen. So number ten, it kind of uh, actually it goes with number one, one right? Because it talks about go to bed as far as possible at a fixed hour. And this is more important than number one. If you go to bed at a fixed hour, 
it's easy. Of course, you're going to get up at a fixed hour. I mean, like you're going to get up at the same time if you're going to bed at the same time. Yeah. But going to bed, that's the hard part. It's not getting up. Right. Um, I, I'm not a food guy for the most part. Uh-huh. Um, so fasting for me is actually not a huge sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, but if you told me, I want you to make sure to go to bed at nine. Yeah. That is I a big, sa- that. that would be a, a huge sacrifice for me. I don't need to do that because I don't need that much sleep, but right. uh, that would be, it's, that's so much harder. Getting up in the morning sucks a lot more, mm-hmm. but going to bed on time is actually way harder. Okay. Now we're at 11. Go ahead. I'll let you do it. Okay. So this one is like, wow. Uh, it says go to confession at, at least every 14 days. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. It's like, wow. I mean, when I was uh, trying to root out some uh, heavy uh, mortal sins in my life, you know, when I was starting to take my faith seriously, I was trying to go to confession every week. And it was yeah. because not so, only not only was I falling, but because well, I... Well, if you're, if you're sinning, I mean, if you have reason to go, forget it. You I mean, you go as often as you need. Right. Yeah. I try to go every month, and that is working okay. You know, like... Mm-hmm. I'm not going to discourage, I don't want to discourage anyone from going to confession more often, right? Right. At some point, like, there's a point where you shouldn't be going to confession. Like, you don't need to go every day. I mean, if if you're, unless you have mortal sin, you know, go every day. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you know, if you're living a holy life, if you're in a state of grace, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't every week. Every week, yeah, but not every day. You don't want to be scrupulous about it. So uh, we'll keep going. I think we're yes. almost to the end. So if you're listening to the uh, on radio, go to check us out on thecatholicmanshow.com. You can find this full episode and all of our other full episodes. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Yeah, I thought. And uh, yeah, I thought that, every fourteen oh. days, man, that would be tough. Okay, so I had actually had to train. Huh? That's what I did. You go every fourteen. You go days? every fourteen days, one. That but is one, impressive. but you need it. I mean, like <laughs> that doesn't even surprise me. Oh, man. well played. Well played. Uh, I wanted to read actually because I had to look it up. Um, so it says go to confession uh, at least every fortnight. That's two weeks, and that's two. Yeah, yeah that's but, two weeks. But when he, when I was like, I don't know what Fortnite means. Um, that's a video game, right? That's a video. So game. After you play Fortnite, go to confession. <laughs> Every time you play Fortnite, you go to confession. That's that could be like five times. That could be like five times a day. It could be. See, now I disagree. Now all of a sudden, I'm disagreeing. Unless, of course, you commit that many mortal sins every day. But if that's what you're doing, like he also said, you need so, so in that he says, give. Uh, give more care to exciting yourself to sincere contrition for your faults than the enumerating than to enumerate them with great accuracy. I do think that honestly, for most people, it would probably be better to err on the side of scrupulosity. You know, unless you are a scrupulous person. Mm-hmm. For the scrupulous person, like if you've been spiritually diagnosed with scruples, I got the scruples, man. Uh, then, okay. You, seems like there are different rules for you. I don't you. know why, but it seems like aloe vera would take care of that. Yeah, or melaleuca. I don't know what melaleuca. You don't is. remember melaleuca? It's like eighties, late eighties, early nineties. Uh, like it was a, you know, they used to call it a pyramid, a pyramid scheme. Now they call it multi-level. multi-level oh, it's multi-level marketing. Right. Yeah, they used to call that a scam. Yeah. <laughs>
I get it. I get it. It's a valid business model, okay? <laughs> Look at Mary Kay. I get it. Pink Cadillacs. I get it. Advocare people. But uh, so it was like a, a plant substance that, Adam, it cured everything. I dig. I mean, can't what you got cancer? Oh, it'll it'll definitely cure cancer. I have a family member who thinks that tea tree oil will basically solve every problem. Uh, I think it's a cousin of Melaleuca, actually. That they were like, uh, they had like parents, that distant were, relatives, yeah, like siblings or something. Maybe so. Uh, but because I have heard that, and Windex, obviously, don't consume that. No, I mean just you just spray it on stuff. Like it's great for your eyes. Really, from the big fat wedding. It's really great for your eyesight. Greek fat wedding. My ah. big, my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dad, he's hey, Windex on everything. That was that was a good like culture reference, and and that movie was from a long time ago. What, what pl- you know what I like to do is like whenever there's a movie that's kind of like that, like that wasn't a manly movie. A man shouldn't really know, like, but it's not exactly like a chick flick. I always say, was that the pants movie? That was like that was the pants movie with the traveling. And just ones. assume that, just like pretend like all those references. The, oh, the that was ones. that was the pants movie. I never saw that one. Yeah. All right, can we keep going? Sure. I feel like we should keep going. Uh, the next one is receive communion as frequently as possible. Yeah, big fan of that. Once a day, that'd be awesome. Uh, and the next one is in your relations to the to the members of your family and those about uh, those about you to be full of consideration, kindness, and devotion. Endeavor to make piety loved through you. And that is a weird sentence. Um, avoid with the greatest care of the spirit of criticism and those little jealous. Uh, petty weaknesses and caprices which many vainly seek to reconcile with true piety. That was a tough sentence. That, that it was, was a weird sentence. That was, it was, Can I see that book? Yeah. I'd love to read it's it. weird that he threw in that thing about the salad, too. Caprices. And that's a salad, right? It's caprice. Caprice. Caprice salad. Cap- I think it's actually a juice. Caprizy. A, a, fruit, a fruit juice. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Caprice. Mm-hmm. The, the, no, that's a pant. Uh, kind of a pant. That's the pants movie. Yeah, that's the pants uh-huh. movie. Um, but no, I, I, I think this one is also very tough because how many times do you get together with other people and it, you know, it just feels kind of good to just like moan. So and, like, and, and, and this is number thirteen. Like, this is one of those things that's definitely true. Like, if you're trying to pursue holiness, you have to do this. But it's also something that you will be incapable of doing if you don't have like a baseline of work already done. Like if you have not achieved certain like levels of virtue, Mm -hmm. this is going to be impossible to even attempt. You know, like, oh, make sure that everything you do is super awesome and that through you, people are coming to love piety. You know, like that's, you you need like uh, some habits to fall back on. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the worst you get is like not that bad, you know. I'm not saying don't try it. I'm just saying that that, that like this is a upperclassman sort of thing right here. I yeah, think. and I think the the stair stepping to it, you know, in you order to, to get to it is you have to take. That's the, why it's at the end of like towards the end of the list. Also, I think. Right, but I think you have to take this these the physical pious acts that seem maybe superfluous or maybe seem a little like uh, oh I don't have to do it that way. 
if you em, like embrace these little pious acts, uh-huh. uh, it, it grows in you, and, and the, the virtue of piety grows in, in you to where uh, when you start talking about uh, having a docility towards your father or your mother or having docility towards your priest, yeah. uh, these things become more natural to you, become a, a second nature to you. Right, you just kind of do them without thinking about it. That's right. really... Which that's is where you want to be. Like in the virtuous life, that's where you want to be. Sure. That, to me, like they, all of these things, uh, being full of consideration, kindness, and devotion, endeavor to make piety loved through you, avoiding criticism, jealous, jealousness. You know, this all comes down to humility. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things, no doubt. Like, how do you do it? Uh, focus on humility. Like, when you're criticized, don't uh, don't defend yourself. You know, unless it's absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, allow allow yourself to be humbled mm-hmm. um that kind of thing and then these things will come more naturally i think i agree number 14 when you go out into the world avoid with equal care unseemly humor and repellent aust- uh, austerity what is repellent austerity well um it, it uh, austerity is um like austerity is like lack of stuff well it's like a almost like a, a negative aspect or like you're kind of moaning you're you're just well not like, necessarily you have a negative attitude I mean, like i don't think that to me that's not well, what austerity means austerity to me austerity Sternness is like severity of manner or attitude yeah okay so you're taking things too seriously like you, you, you okay you, you, like you're on the other end so you're not frivolous but you're austere right so you're taking things too seriously okay um i just think of it as like meager like uh if if you refer to like things as being austere, it's like bare bones, oh, uh, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's another. Is there's also extreme, extreme plainness and simplicity of style or appearance. That's like that's what I think of when I think of austere. So, but I think it's probably the first one. Like, right. So having a bad attitude. This is this is the whole idea of just living a uh, like having a, a a virtuous mind frame, right? Because don't don't go be seeking un, uh, un, unseemly humor. Don't go don't be too frivolous, but also don't be too too severe. Don't be too too serious. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's this happy me it's this understanding of okay. of the of the medium. This is something that was really hard for me like when we got out of college I started, you know, we both started taking our faith more seriously. And I've always Me more so than you. Sure. Because, you know, and like humor has always been something I've prided myself on. And, you know, like the ability to make people laugh is something I enjoy. And it, like I've it's been a part of me my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it was a, like a, it was a real struggle and a sacrifice. It, I thought it was going to be a sacrifice. It turns out it wasn't. But I thought I was just going to have to choose not to be funny anymore. Like because my humor wasn't always like clean. So I wasn't making fun of people. I wasn't hurting people, you know, so I thought. and But it wasn't always on the cleanest of topics. And I was, like, realizing, you know, I shouldn't be making those jokes. But it was hard for me to let it go because what am I, I'm just not going to be funny anymore, you know? Right. Turns out I'm hilarious still. I'm still hilarious. Turns out after, after all of that. Against all odds. I still actually, have funny dude, things to the say. The odds are actually in your favor. You just had to, you just had to come to the realization. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Turns out, Adam, you're right. The odds are typically in my favor. 
Which I like. Follow me on Twitter for other great tidbits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next one I, I I also really like, and I think that is very appropriate for t- this one. I thought was interesting. Today's age. So be- I, n- I had never heard this like before. Like yes, you have. Wait, which one are you reading? Uh, Fifteen. Oh, I'm I'm reading ahead. Sorry. Okay. Fifteen. Be inflexible in regard to dangerous books and plays. 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 No one goes to see plays. Oh, I, w- I refuse to see that opera. Yeah. Uh, they let, use an Italian word that I don't like. So it says, let even innocent pleasures be moderate and banish evil pleasures. This is one of my guilty pleasures. Oh. This is one. Of, I was gonna say. Uh, uh, this is uh, one of my pet pe- is one of my pet peeves when people say like it's my guilt. Well, it's my guilty pleasure, as if like that makes it okay. You know, like I don't. It's like you if you're saying out loud, "Oh, well, this is my guilty pleasure." Well, you should stop that. Right. Like words have meanings. Language is used to transfer the truth. When you are yeah. When you are saying what you say has meaning and and. And by saying guilty pleasure, that like, should be red flags. Like, that should be a red flag. Like, go up to someone you know and say, hey, what's your guilty pleasure? And then when they give you an answer, like, tell them, never do that again. Like, and if they cling to it uh, hard, that means that they are. Tell them they're going to help. They're a reprobate. <laughs> <laughs> say, you are a heretic, spray holy water on them and run away. Right. You have until you die to let that go. And if you don't, just the, the good thing is, Juan, this isn't on on Catholic radio anymore. We're we're just on podcast, so so we, we can we can say anything. We can say that. Everything. We can yeah, say that. It's totally fine, guys. Yeah, we're good. It's just a podcast. All right, number. Uh, what are we on? Uh, uh, 16. Number sixteen. But okay, hold on. Time out. I think, and we've talked about this before. You can go back and look at movies. We've talked with Andrew Pudua. We've talked with uh, Father Healy on. Um, on, uh, the the integral good. The integral good. Yes, yeah. thank you, Juan. Um, and this is a hard topic because there's a lot of good plays out there. There are a lot of good plays that has just like one bad scene. There's just a little poop in the brownies. Right. Are you gonna eat them? Right. And it depends. Like, did you blend the brownies? <laughs> <laughs> am I? Is it a crapshoot? Like, am I playing like, right. which which piece? Like it's a, cra- a crap shoot. I like what you did there. <laughs> Thank you. But like if you blended the dog turd into, five, into all of the brownie batter and there's like poop evenly dispersed or did you bake brownies and then like stick a dog turd in the middle? Well, I can eat the edges. <laughs> That's fine. I'm just going to not eat that part right, right. there. This is so, an analogy. So all analogies break down. They all break down. Even the dog poop and the brownies analogy. Because for that you have like something like Vid Angel, right? That is like if it's just one scene, then that scene is no longer there. Right. But you're still supporting. I mean, you're still giving viewers and you're still promoting some sort of giving some sort of promotion to the a movie. Well, even uh, though you're not seeing that scene. So here's the deal with Vid Angel. Like if they remove the the nude scene from the movie, uh, they were doing that for a long time, and then they got sued by all of the movie producers. Because the movie producers argued, and the courts agreed, they said, VidAngel, you have made a new movie. You're selling a new Mm. product, and you don't have the right to do that with my movie. And the courts agreed, yep, you have made a new product. And I said, hallelujah, 
Now, when I if we watch a movie on VidAngel that has the nude scene taken out, we're not legally supporting this movie that has a nude scene in it. This is a new product. It's not the same product. That's what the courts decided. And like I don't buy that. Well, cuz you're still going to talk about that movie and somebody maybe be like, "Oh, I'm going to go check it out." And they don't have VidAngel. Well, just tell them. Just say watch it on VidAngel like I do. I don't know. I mean, you don't have doesn't have to be a mystery or a secret. Well, this is the secret to sanctity. Right, but we're blowing it wide open, bro. Yeah. I hope that Francis doesn't do get th- upset with us. Do you think people would be holier if it was a competition? Like, if sanctity was a competition, do you think like people would be better at it? I know that my, I know that my boys would be. There'd definitely be some people who are way better. I at know. It. I know. My boys would ab- absolutely would be. Yeah. I don't think Anna would. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Uh, okay, so let's keep going. So we're almost done here. Here, number sixteen. If God has placed uh, placed you in a position to give yourself to good works, let them be your pleasantest pleasantest recreation. It means most pleasant. Most pleasant recreation. Remember that in helping the pl- the poor and the afflicted, you are helping Jesus Christ Himself. I remember that. Remember when he said that? Something like it, anyway. But this is interesting, right? Because uh, how do you blend this in, well, into the difference between work and leisure? Well, how do you just how do you do that? Oh, let it be your most pl- let it be your pleasantest recreation. It's like, well, the thing is, it's Wait, not pleasantest. 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 I was saying pleasantest. Is. Yeah, that's not that's, that's not, not the right. word. Yeah, uh, but it's like if God's placed you in a position to give yourself of good works, let it be your pleasantest recreation. It's like, well, maybe it isn't. You know, like it could be. It could be like at some point when you become that holy, it could be like the thing that gives you the most fulfillment in life. Yeah, I but, think like you know, you look at Mother Teresa, right? Like the thing well, that sure. gave her the most it's fulfillment. Just, it's just that, like, oh, let it be your pleasantest creation, uh, recreation, as if like that's what's going to help you grow in holiness. But you can't just decide. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm deciding that this thing that I'm doing is pleasant, when it isn't. You know, like maybe you don't think it's pleasant. But I'm still going to do it cheerfully. But that doesn't mean it's pleasant. Well, th- that's when you think that is you should be pleasant in your sufferings. Kind of like think- when you are getting into suffering, you're offering things up, but you're just suffering and well, you're enjoying the suffering. No, I think what he's trying to say is that you need to meditate on the good works that you're doing and how like there there should be a joy because remember you're serving Jesus Christ. And so, like, if you're serving Christ, I'm not serving, like, poor people or homeless people who smell bad or whatever it is that you're doing. I think what he's trying to say is, remember, you are helping Jesus Christ. You're, you're doing it for him. And, like, there's a lot of joy in that. You know, like, wow, what, how incredible is it that I get to serve Christ here in this soup line or in whatever, you know, like, that, that is how you do it. You have to like meditate and constantly remember that that's what you're doing. Otherwise, it's like it's just not pleasant to do the things that you're doing sometimes, 
Right. So you have to you have to have that constant recollection and meditation. I think that that piggybacks off of uh, one of the ones we talked about, where uh, you do everything in in good nature. You you, you go one hundred percent in what you what you're supposed to yeah. be doing. So this next one, seventeen. This is the one that I said, like, wow, I have never seen this before. Okay. What well, a crazy idea. I'll, no. I'll let, I'll let, no. Go ahead, please. So it says, select a day each month to prepare yourself for death. And on that day, perform each duty as faithfully as if it were to be the last day of your life. <laughs> That'd be pretty crazy. It's a great idea. I was like, I've never heard like doing that. Every, you know, like the seventh day of the month, every seventh day. I'm preparing myself that this like, is the last day. Don't, don't, you don't, don't hang out with me on that day. It's because it will be weird. <laughs> everything i talk about is gonna be like everything that i do like I'm, i won't be fun there'll be nothing like it'll it, it everything will be pretty heavy and come over and flog me right <laughs> be like updating my will every month uh okay i'll be oh, the priest will be there giving me anointing of the sick mm-hmm. because i think i'm gonna die <laughs> Um, uh, but it, I mean, really, it's a good suggestion. Like, just never thought about doing that. I think that it'd be a reality. I think, check. I think it's. I think it'd be very healthy to to remember that. Um, you know, here in a hundred years, no one's going to remember you. No. Yeah. No one is going to remember what what you've done. I honestly, like that does not. I don't. I do not care at all about being remembered. I know that my children will remember me but i really don't care if they do like i want them to be virtuous you know but i don't they don't have to remember me to be virtuous i don't get at i just have no desire to be remembered and i don't understand why people want to be remembered well for your children it's like i remember my dad because he showed me the love of I'm our, just saying our that, like hypothetically like I just don't care if they remember me I want I want my children to be healthy and like feel loved and I want you know what I mean like I want them to be good children and good adults but I don't have a desire I think, I think at using all your children it's a bad example it's just an extreme example it is a bad example but I'm, I'm using it because it's the extreme like of if there's anybody that you would want to be want to remember you it's going to be your kids. I just don't care about being remembered. And I don't understand why people want to be remembered. Like, so what? So, I mean, like, okay, you are, you know, like Gregory the Great. Somebody that people are going to talk about forever. So what? Like, he could be in hell. No, Gregory the Great could not be. Okay, yeah, you're right. Uh, pick, he's a saint. pick somebody he's a canonized else. Saint. Constantine. Okay, pick somebody else that everybody remembers. Like he could be in hell. We don't know, but Gregory the Great is a saint. Yeah, so that's so, another bad example. That's a, that's a bad example. But anyway, just just like what, out, there is not bad example. There is just right. no nothing good in being remembered. Like I want to go to heaven. Once I'm in heaven, I, I don't care if people talk about me. Like, I'm in heaven. You think I care what people are talking about on earth? You know, right. like, it's right. ridiculous. Right. No, I agree with that. That is a good example. That's what so, I'm, I was just trying to, like, use the extreme. You should have started so, there, and then you could have, like, 
if there's anything to be remembered, you would want it to be your love of, for God. Right. To be remembered. Like, I want Christ to be remembered. Well, your love for God as well, because that will serve as inspiration. Just like it would serve as inspiration for your children. Sure. You know, he, I remember the things my dad did because he loved God. Yeah, people won't remember me. I mean, once my, once my grandchildren die, no one will remember me. But totally fine. This point has been, I can see this affecting my last, I don't know, year or so. Because there has been that example of saying, it's like, you know, when you die, do you wish you would have made, you know, you're going to wish you would have done more of this or less or that. And I found myself two or three times thinking like, this is something that I wish when I'm in my deadbed, I'm not going to be like, I wish I had done this one thing, you know. And I've said, okay, I'm just not going to do it anymore. And I stopped doing it because it's not, it's not going to matter in the, in, the, in the long game. Totally. Totally. Okay, so the last one, and now, now keep in mind, this is uh, in the first, I don't know, like within the first eight pages of this book, okay? So it continues to get better. Um, I, I think that you guys should go check it out. But the last one that we're going to talk about tonight is Faithful Devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and His Blessed Mother is regarded as a certain means of salvation. Zealously embrace it. Nourish also in your soul sincere devotion to St. Joseph, to the holy angels, and to the saints whose name you've received in baptism. Finally, pray frequently for the dying and for the holy, holy uh, or for the souls in purgatory. This, to me, at the very end, is a great bookend because it gives you the understanding of that we are all the body of Christ. And that we need each other. Right. And well, we need to pray for each other. And he also just mentions like the most efficient roads uh, of salvation right, right there. The most, ef- yeah, efficacious. The shortest roads. Right. To Sacred heaven. Heart of Jesus, our Blessed Mother. St. Joseph. St. Joseph. Praying for the holy souls, or the, yeah, the holy souls in purgatory. That's like, if ever there is a, a hack, if ever there was a salvation hack, it's praying for them. Because like, they can't pray for themselves. The only way they progress is like by our prayers. And so, and well, time. and time, yeah. But our prayers are way better right. uh, than continued suffering through time. So if you... Even though they're outside of time. Uh, not not completely. They're outside There's of... A like, different aspect. Th- yeah, it's a different type of time. Not linear. Uh, it, I think it is probably still linear. Uh, because there's mm. a sense of journeying. The, what the church says is that even in heaven there will be a sense of journeying. So it's like, it's progressive. Further up and further in. Yeah, and so that to me is linear. And maybe it's not It's maybe it's maybe not linear like we think of linear. And maybe mm-hmm. linear is not the best word to describe it. But I, they, it's a, a sense of journeying. So mm-hmm. anyway, the point is, you pray for those holy souls in purgatory. And if... Which, especially this month in November. In November, that's right. Because, uh, and uh, if your prayers are what get them out, you just got yourself a personalized saint. You know, like... Mm-hmm. You think personal assistants are cool? One of, one of having the, one in heaven is one better. One of the things that I, I really enjoy doing is a family family tradition that we have is on uh, All Souls Day. Uh, I take my family out and we pray the rosary at the cemet- at, a, at a cemetery, mm-hmm. and we start at just some random headstone, and uh, each hail mary before we start, we say that person's name, 
And then we say that uh, Hail Mary for them. And then we move to the next headstone. Yeah, just like a rosary kind of. Yeah, just kind of like a rosary. And like, you know, because we have a family, they each get the chance to say that person's name and they lead that, that mm-hmm. Hail Mary and yeah, they keep cool. going. Um, that's something that we started and your kids can really get into it. They can really, because they also, it's a great way of them understanding that there is death. It's a great way of familiarizing them with death. Also, because, it's a good way to teach them how to be reverent in a cemetery. That's something mm-hmm. kids don't know. Like that's true. You have There's to th- teach them. That's some something's uh, grown, grown, pe- grown, grown people. But you have to know. like take them there and teach them. Don't step on the gravestones. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't touch. Don't don't pick the flowers that mm-hmm. are there on other people's graves. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you ha- they have to know that. Don't walk right in front of the headstone. Right. Exactly. Uh, well, don't step on them anyway. You know, like you. Well, get, how do you walk without stepping? Don't step on the gravestone. Well, you don't. Ste- you actually don't step uh, in the grass uh, right in front of the headstone. Well, if you don't step there, you have nowhere to step. You go around. No, because sometimes you know they're in rows, and sometimes there's no there's no place to walk but in front of the headstone. Well, I mean, if you can't step there, there's no. You have to step over the headstone to step like in the grass beside them. No, so y- I'm not sure what you're saying. Maybe. Yeah, because like, so you have a headstone. Let's talk about this off air because this isn't something that we. And like when I say headstone, I don't mean like the ones that stick up out of the ground. I'm talking about the ones that are like plates in the ground. Okay. You know, like the we'll talk a, about a proper headstone is expensive, and most people don't have them. Right. Yeah. We'll talk about this more off air. But anyway, so I think it's a, I think it's a great uh, tradition within the family uh, to do something on All Souls yeah. Day uh, for the Holy Souls in Purgatory. Um, for your family members, for all of your family members, through the lineage of your family, that you pray for them. I offer up uh, fasting on Fridays for the Holy Souls in conjunction with whatever else needs to be prayed for every Friday. Prayer hack. Yeah. Also, I, wanna... I was baptized on All Souls Day. That is my baptism day. No kidding. I didn't know this. November 2nd. 35 years. Didn't know this. It's a pretty cool baptism day. Very cool. What was your baptism name? David. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Some people like it's, change it. I think it's cool like that you do that. Like Confirmation names. Yeah. Change, Michael. You know. That's my... Paul. That's a good one. Uh, like, to have give, uh, there's a given name. Just because I... And then a Christian name. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't get that until baptism. I think that's cool. Like, we should bring that back. Like, screw you, IRS. Like, nobody <laughs> cares about, like, what's on the, like, the birth certificate. For the social security card. Get over it. He's not baptized yet. Get down with, like, with reality. Oh, yeah. The reality. Yeah. Of baptism. Anyway. I do want to share a quick story that God brought to me with about the cemeteries. Last year, we tried to do that with our family. And as we started, we got in a row and we started praying the Hail, Ma- the Hail Marys and I, my wife and I closed our eyes and John Paul II so it was like a kid's grave and they often have toys Yeah. and this is a little windmill like a, the there's wind, a lot of windmills yeah. wind spinny a wind spinny yeah so yeah that's, that's what they go by in Venezuela spinny anyway John Paul is just like running up and down with this wind spinny and we just did not see him because we had our eyes closed mm-hmm. in prayer. We open our eyes and we're like, where's John Paul? And he's just going on laps 
around. And that's when we, we realized we didn't explain this yeah. very well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they don't know. You have to teach them. Yeah. There's etiquette that needs and to be And, like, learned. don't run in a cemetery. Yeah. I, I, let me just end with my cemetery story because it's so good. So I'll be the judge. So, sadly, uh, when I was, like, four, uh, my parents uh, had a stillborn child named Gabriel. And so mm-hmm. we were having a funeral for him at... Uh, the at the funeral at the cemetery. Cemetery, thank you. You're welcome. Because um, I was like, yeah, at the funeral place, at the cemetery, and I was also running up and down. You know, like my parents Shocker. were busy grieving. You know, like everybody's there. I like probably you, you somebody were a very rambunctious yes, kid. I was also very rambunctious. Somebody else was probably supposed to be watching me. So I I remember like running around. You know, not really. I didn't. I didn't grasp what we were there. Like, really, sure. I knew what had happened, but I just remember running over this tarp and falling. And what I had done was I had run and fallen into my brother's grave that he was not in yet. (laughs) We were there to bury him, and I fell in the hole that they had dug in which to bury my little brother. (laughs) And so my dad had to kneel down and pull me out of my brother Gabriel's grave. Oh, there's so many emotions. I feel, that... I feel like there's a lot of emotions. There's also probably a lot of symbolism here. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, I, uh, that has got to be an omen, <laughs> right? If there, there ever if, was an omen, if there falling were... into your brother's grave. Oh, man. Like, if I was the dad, like, if I was your, if I was your dad, I don't know. Like, man, I don't know how I would react. Because a grieving person is not in their, you know, right state of mind. Yeah. Uh, and I don't remember getting in trouble for it. I think it was like they were just preoccupied just, just and they're on. like, just pull them out. Yeah, just keep like, them out. Yeah. Like I have other things that I, I really don't care right now. So anyway, it is a pretty good story, though. I mean, like as stories go, that's a, like that's a pretty crazy story. All right, next week we're going to talk about how Dave lost his door to his room because he slammed it. Also true. We'll end there.